0: On, Sugar. Hey y'all, it's your Sugar here. Uh, sorry I'm late. Looks like we have some technical difficulty going on, but please bear with me. Y'all know what time it is. It's a Wednesday night and it's around 7.30. So we here together and it's a party uh, with Sugar talking women's boxing. So uh, I'm going to introduce myself as usual. I'm Natalie Sugar Brown. I'm a former female fighter. I've been in the game for several years. Um, And so I've been in the game and I've been in the game at the elite level for most, for the majority of those years. So the Sugar Show is basically uh, Sugar coming back to tell you guys what, what, what the authentic experience and what really goes down in women's boxing. So tonight um we're going to revisit uh the another black eye in women's boxing, another um uh, another serious topic in women's boxing which is um the the cry for help. You know, who gets heard. Uh, a, a a huge fight just happened Well, not huge, but a pretty big fight just happened uh, over the weekend. And um, the fighter that I'm going to focus on is Alma Ibarra. She just uh, had her shot at the undisputed welterweight uh, title against Jessica McCaskill. Now uh, Ibarra was a pretty good underdog coming into the fight. Uh she she has a, a great amateur background. Uh, lovely assistant. Uh can can you put Ibaras? Do we have any images of Ibarra that we can share? Uh this is for the people who are tuning into uh my visual show. And those on the podcast or those who are listening in audio, please look look her up. So uh Alma is a Mexican fighter, and she's not just any name Mexican fighter. She is a Mexican fighter who has uh, actually earned quite a resume in her in her boxing career so far. So um, I, I'm gonna uh, give you guys some t- statistics on this fighter. Uh, she, she's a welterweight and the thing about, uh, Mexican fighters or fi- fighters out of Mexico is, uh, fighters of that size are very rare. Uh, Mexican, especially Mexican, Mexican female fighters, they are more on the lower weight classes, uh, pin weight, Bantam weight, you know, those type of deals, uh, you, you, you very, I mean, they they do come in all shapes and sizes, but um, the higher you go in weight, the the fewer the contenders. But it takes nothing away from the fact that them broads can fight. Okay. You coming out of Mexico, despite of all the tomato cans you may see in in the you know, in the mainstream that, you know, with, with these name, so-called name broads fighting, flying these Mexican contenders up, these broads can fight. Okay. So uh, Alma Ibarra is a accomplished fighter in that she has an amateur background with some, with some, achievements on it so um uh, just to name a few she she went to the pan-american games i don't i don't i'm not sure if she medaled um she also made it to the central american games okay so these are like platforms as a fighter that regardless of of where you come from if you make it to these levels you can fight and you're somebody that should be uh, noted. So um, the, the the story is on on Alma Abara is she just missed the Olympic trial, uh, the, the Olympic qualifiers, because she was kidnapped. Her and her coach was kidnapped. So, you know, she missed out on a tremendous opportunity in being on the Olympic platform and and representing her country and actually uh, adding value to her resume. So, okay, she missed out on that. Uh, Aside from that big time, she got kidnapped. Like, come on, (laughs) right? But she still continued and, and I'm not sure why, you know what, like, when, when you These things happen when you are uh, south of the border, or I'm not sure. Am I starting over, you guys? Okay, we're going to start over again. Looks like I'm live. I was just talking. um I was just talking to the screen, but if you guys are chiming in, it's Wednesday evening, and you know what time it is. It's time to party with sugar on the sugar show. Yeah. We're here and we're here talking women's boxing. Okay. So y'all missed my ramble in the beginning, but well, the, the topic of the show highlights, uh, the black eye, the, uh, a black eye in women's boxing. Um, and the reason why these black, I, I, I shine light on these black eyes in women's boxing is, you know, as they come, I, I have to give, the audience and the fans' perspective on what comes to pass when you see the result of the black eye, of of the shenanigans in the ring. So uh, a pretty uh, pretty important fight happened over the weekend in uh, Jessica McCaskill defending her undisputed, uh, welterweight titles, 147 titles against Alma Ibarra. And so congratulations, champ, uh, Jessica. But the show is pretty much about Ibarra's story, okay? Everybody loves the champ. Everybody cheers for the champ, but the contenders are the reason why the champs are the champ, okay? And so this topic tonight is about the black eye that uh, Ibarra brings to the surface uh, uh, in women's boxing. Whether pe- whether the people care or not, I got to let y'all know, okay? Um, because I always, I, I always take it back to the understanding that when a female fighter or when a fighter signs that contract, they sign on the dotted line, they sign their life on that line. Okay. We risk our lives to get in there. Okay. And we risk our lives hoping that we get a fair shot and a fair chance at at making a living for ourselves and our families. So Alma Ibarra is quite accomplished. She's a Mexican fighter. She's a Mexican fighter with a great resume. Um, she has a an amateur background that includes uh, her getting to the Pan American Games, Central American Games, And she even made it to the Olympic qualifier, except she wasn't able to participate as a qualifier on that day because she got kidnapped. Yes, her and her coach got kidnapped. And so aside from being kidnapped, she missed out on one of the grandest opportunities she'll ever had, she would have ever had as a fighter in 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 her journey okay so now she's she after this she turned pro and as a pro she now decides that she's going to go for the opportunity to become a belt holder to become a champion but this is women's boxing so it easier said than done. Okay. The black eye comes here in where Ibarra uh, had a good start when she started her pro. Um, when she started, oh, goodness, I got a fact that came in. Uh, Alma Ibarra uh, got third place at the Pan American Games in 2011. So, if anything, Y'all know she was one of the baddest broads on this side of the world on this side of the earth, uh, from 2011. Okay. She, she meddled, she got, she, she got third place at the Pan American games. Okay. Now from that to this, she is now in the pro ranks and she has taken her. She, she's done good for herself. Um, if, if anybody can give me the numbers or give, give me the, um, the names of, uh, let's say her first five fights, because, you know, sugar don't really mention anybody until they get to 10 fights. Okay. Uh, unless, unless they are, uh, uh, unless they have stepped up and they're fighting name contenders, while they're sub 10 fights, which is a, a pretty brawny feat. You know, you gotta, you you gotta have, um, they say you gotta have gonads for the men. You gotta have, that's a busty move right there. You gotta have some, some big boobies to step up to high end opposition when you're sub 10, um, in your record when you've only when you've had less than ten fights. Uh anyway. So um she's fought the likes of uh um Marcella uh Corneho uh I can never get these names right. Y'all please forgive me. Uh Corne uh Corinna Ho or something like that. <laughs> which is, uh, she's a middleweight contender. This middleweight contender, she she keeps trying, but she can't quite get into uh, championship or elite realm, okay? But she's she's a name in the game, okay? Um, Marcella Cornejo, Cornejo or whatever. It's not di- being disrespectful. Sorry, y'all. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just, it's kind of tough for me to uh get some of these names anyway, so she fought the likes of her um she's fought the likes of Raquel Miller. Now Raquel Miller is out here. she out here y'all. Raquel Miller is 11 and0 right now and nobody will touch her and she's in the hot weight class yeah uh Raquel can touch down to 147 or she can. Uh, mix it up, up in middleweight, right up to 160. But nobody, nobody is letting her up on the porch. Yeah. They're conveniently ignoring this lady. But we'll see. We'll see what she, you know, um, I mean, there's a method to the madness. She's still a contender. She's still someone who's on the radar. I'm thinking that they're waiting for her to get stale. Yeah. They are keeping her on the shelf until she gets stale. And then they call her, just like they called, um, just like uh, McCaskill them called Ibarra for this title shot. OK. They called Ibarra the first time um, after she after Ibarra beat Candy Wyatt uh, to to see who gets the shot with mccaskill they call iberra five days notice for a fight for a title shot a undisputed title shot you call the contender with five days notice for a huge fight for all the belts but this is what happens this is Sorry for the background t- tonight's a spirited show ain't it? I got a whole bunch of we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. okay um so yes, McCaskill I'm you know girl you out here you doing your thing okay but I, I got to I got to call I got to call the thing as I see it because this is you rare for this stuff girl McCaskill people love you, but people gotta know what you're doing out here okay? So you've been in the gym, McCaskill's been in the gym, training and preparing, and her matchmakers have been seeking and finding and doing their research. Okay, and then they come up with a contract that they send to the contenders, five days notice for a shot. At the title, while the um, while the champ been training the whole time and been getting ready for each contender. Okay, so in this case, they solicited Ibarra for that title shot, but Ibarra said no. I deserve to have a camp. I deserve to prepare properly for this title shot. I'm not taking it. So. They passed the offer down to Candy Wyatt and as y'all could have clearly seen in that fight between Jessica McCaskill and Candy Wyatt, Candy wasn't ready. Candy just was not ready. Okay. So uh, if I could get some of the details in that Candy Wyatt fight, my lovely assistant, I would love that. And do we have any image that we we can share tonight or are we are, are, are we not sharing uh, are we not sharing tonight y'all let me know okay either way sugar is sweet on it okay so um yeah so what happened now after McCaskill beat wyatt is oh gosh y'all know it ain't the sugar show unless y'all hear the sirens chiming in the back. <laughs> So now the party's really getting started, okay? So um, back to what I was saying. Uh, Candy White, uh, I- Ibarra now, after Candy White gets beat by Jessica McCaskill, she then takes them up on that title shot. She prepares herself in Mexico uh, for the first half of her camp. And then for the last part of it, She, uh, she, I believe she was in Vegas. Okay. Now the fly in the ointment is, and what I heard through the grapevine is, once Ibarra got to uh, the States, she started having difficulty with her management. Okay. So um, Ibarra, as she's training, She's starting to get bullshit from her managers about the money for the fight. So now the mo- the monies that is expected and that is offered to Ibarra from what she knows is being receded, okay? Um. Now other details are being shifted around, and on top of that, she still has to make sure that she sound fit and prepared to get into the ring with, uh, McCaskill in Texas. Okay. While McCaskill is already prepared for her, for this fight while McCaskill has already, um, outlined the details, she's winning already on paper. She's winning already outside the ring. Okay. Her, she already know what her money's gonna look like. Her management has already set all that stuff up. Her promoter, Eddie Hearn, has already put everything in place. So her, like, she, she, her mind is on easy street, okay? The contender now is thinking, oh my gosh, they are taking money out my pocket. I've already signed the contract. Now they're switching stuff up and I don't know what to do. Right. But she continues to train. All she could do at this point is threaten to not show up to the fight. But what happens, and this is what I know from my experience, too, with um, dealing with McCaskill's team, is they're very accommodating. They make it seem like, oh, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, We're going to straighten it out. Oh, do you need this? We get you that. Oh, do you need that? We get you that. Well, they know that they are going, fuck you on the tail end. Okay? So, um I'm I suppose they did enough to get Abara to Texas and Abara weighs in and now you know it's time for the fight. Now what's happened in this fight is um you know the th- I'm sure you know you this is what happens in the fight. The commission or any all the representatives they come and they visit each fighter in their room they look at the fighters wraps in their hands they check water bottles they do all of these things to make sure um, people aren't cheating or you know people aren't wrapping. Uh, 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 rolls of nickels or pennies in, in the in the hand wraps, right? So they're checking everything. Um, uh, goodness, well, who was it that that got caught, uh, putting roll nickel rolls or or um, wrapping their hands so hard that it was like a cast? Um, by the time they got to the ring, who was it? It wasn't Bandina. It was um, goodness. The name start with an N, uh, with an M. Uh, and it was a male fighter, so he uh, he he got into some real big trouble because he he re- he beat a contender that was a name, and there was some money on that contender's name. So of course, that money behind the contender uh, made sure that things were researched, and they found out that the hands were wrapped. So um so hard or wrapped with so much tape and and everything um that goes around the hand that it was much like a cast and then when you put your hand in the eight ounce gloves right these gloves aren't padded they ain't the gloves that you see in walmart okay these ain't the gloves that you see in those sports store um the, you know, these are they just leather eight-ounce gloves, right? So when like even when when I got in there fight night, we fought in eight-ounce gloves and you felt the impact of the person's skull on your knuckles, right? So if your hand wasn't conditioned to to strike on 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 a person's skull or on the hard parts, you was gonna break your hand, okay? Um, Here we go. Um, uh, My lovely assistant comes in. Margarito was the fighter who uh, got his license revoked for um, having plaster-like wrappings on his hand going into a fight. Um, The the panel rejected uh, Margarito's plea of ignorance, he's trying to say he didn't know better. Come on now, you're a fighter. You know, you getting your hands wrapped, you know what's happening. You know the impact of what a hard, what hard hand wrapping is gonna do to the person that you're gonna fight. So come on, you can't plead ignorance, baby. Um, He told the panel that he just held up his hands to be wrapped. You making a, don't do that. Right? And so that's why I'm glad they revoked his his license, right? If you didn't know that, then your dumb ass shouldn't even be boxing in the first place. Yeah, I said it. Sugar said it, right? If you're too dumb to know better, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. My grandmother would whoop my ass. That's what she used to say when she whooped my ass. Oh, so you want to be dumb? You want to be too dumb to know better? Then you get your ass whooped. <laughs> R.I.P. Ruby, that was my grandmother, right? She, she she taught me some 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 lessons that I still hear her in the back of my mind till this day. Um so um he, the, the, he, he's saying that it was simply a mistake, but you don't mistakenly continue to rap and rap and rap and rap hands until they're hard like a cast. It's not a mistake anymore, <laughs> right? so um license revoked and then it comes back to the topic that uh sugar's talking about tonight the black eye so i mean i'm i'm waiting for abroad to to get pulled up about some some shit like that or some sorry beep, for some stuff like that why because nobody pays attention to women's boxing so this is very well happening in women's boxing And no one's saying anything about it because uh, the fans, we need more fans to, to, to take interest. We need more people to know what's out here. So your favorite female fighter can be protected when she signs her life on that dotted line. Okay, so, you know, Ibarra signs up, fight night comes. Uh, I'm sure shenanigans in the changing room because I've experienced the same thing with that team. Okay, she comes out. Okay, they announce her, they announce McCaskill, and the fight starts. Okay, now everybody knows that you're going to fight McCaskill. It ain't going to be a clean fight. It's going to be a parking lot windmill. I'm coming with my head. And, and and you, there's, there's no boxing in this. This is a fight. But I saw the fight. Some people saying that it was a snoozer. I didn't call it a, I don't think it's a snoozer, but I don't think a fighter, I mean, a, a fan who was a fan who was not interested in Ibarra. Would not find this fight entertaining because they would be very much focused on McCaskill. And to be honest, McCaskill is not uh, the type of fighter that is going to entertain you with um, her performance, uh, with, with with how she operates in the ring. She she's just a rough and tumble. Um, Okay, Mike comes in. Hey Mike, Mike comes in. Tell us about your fight with McCaskill 2017. So this is what happened with my fight with McCaskill. They got me on a seven day notice. Okay, um, but, and, and I was coming off of um, being shelved. And because um, there was a promise for a fight after the McCaskill fight. I took the fight because I was on this, I was on the shelf and I wanted opportunities. Okay, so they got me. I was also stale, okay? I hadn't fought since my fight with um, Tammy Johnson, which was about maybe four or maybe three or four years prior to that fight, y'all can come to me with the numbers. I'm not sure, but I was definitely stale, OK? Um, then they came with, you got to go down to 134 pounds uh, if you're going to take this fight, All right? I thought the fight was going to be at 140. And then um, going in to, to sign, they said no you gotta come down to 134. So I had already committed to the fight. So I said, okay, I'll come down, I'll go down to 134. I had gone down to 134 before um, and it didn't go well for me, but I figured that it was because, when did I go down to 134? I fought at 134 when I fought Fujin Rika, I believe. Yeah. Fujin Riker in Japan. And, um, I, I noticed it before I, 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 noticed, uh, before in the fight when I fought Fujin that I didn't have the weight on my punches that I know, know myself to have, um, but I can still box. So that sacrifice, I could still, you know, I, I, I could still win off the strength that i got skills uh the fight in japan that didn't go as i thought but you you cannot go to a queen's castle and expect to beat her up and get away with it you got to kill the queen that's what we say in women's boxing you go to a uh, you go to a broad's hometown or a home country you better kill her she better get she you better put her flat if you want to, at the if you want any chance of winning, so um, I mean the fight is out there somewhere in cyberspace, probably on YouTube. Uh, the the um, The title is called "Unbelievable Judgment" because one of the one of the fans that I have in 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 Japan I, I recorded the fight, uh, I, I guess from from the stands and. Could not believe that they would have blatantly robbed uh, me like that because I, I outclassed Fujin Rika in that fight. They would even the Japanese were cheering for me at the end uh, of the fight. Go fig! I love my fans. Uh, that I, I I still. Um, I still appreciate how I was treated when I did go to J- when I was in Japan and when I trained also in Japan. So, uh, no love lost. It, that's just a part of my story. Um, but getting back to this, uh, so fighting with uh, uh, McCaskill, so I went down to one thirty-four. Okay, they were very accommodating. Oh, what do you need? Oh, nice, 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 nice. And I went to McCaskill's, um, I went to her domain, right? So I went to her castle in Chicago. Um, and so people were pretty excited that Sugar was going to get back in the ring against this young lady who is an upcoming prospect. And, um, you know, it, it's it, it, it's compulsory. You know, like when when you go to uh, uncharted territory. You know that this is what happens to fighters. Fighters don't. Un- people don't understand that you are fighting as you, the the moment you step off of your the flight. Okay, uh, you're fighting. You're fighting where they conveniently forget to pick you up from the airport, or you're fighting where they the the hotel that you're staying at is miles and miles and miles from the airport and miles and miles and miles from the venue and on top of that that um there may not be any food in the general area of where you're gonna um where, where you're staying so you can't find food or you can't uh you can't work out there's there's no place where you can like just a whole bunch of crap that you got to deal with. Then you, get way, then you got weigh-in that you got to go to where they got all sorts of delectable foods and bites. And so they offer you food and they offer you drinks, but that's a no-no and it's a no-go. You don't drink nothing from nobody. You don't eat nothing from nobody at the weigh-in because you for damn sure can get set up with them putting something in your drink or than putting something in your food, okay? So you got to have all your your T's crossed and your and your dot your eyes dotted, okay? From the moment you step off of your flight, okay? So I mean that happened. Uh, fight night comes. The commissioner now, Chicago commissioner. I forgot what her name is. Asian lady. Now everybody knows that sugar's outfits are unconventional. Okay, and um, everybody knows that. I mean, that was outlined when I took the fight, you know, th- because that's a part of my performance as a part of my value. Sugar's gonna come in an unconventional outfit. Sugar's gonna um, either wear a leotard or Sugar's gonna wear something that it's, it's, does not involve boxing trunks. Commissioner comes to the room OK, I have a leotard on and she says, um, you can't fight in that. I said, I have nothing else. She says, you're going to have to send somebody to the store and get you some shorts or wear these. And she um, comes with these uh, boxing trunks that are like uh, maybe four or five sizes smaller than what I am. So, like, already. Right. So this is our, aside from every, everything else happening. Um, this really agitated me and this really frustrated me. I sat in the, the, in the dressing room and I said, well, guess, I guess y'all don't have a fight. Right. And it may seem small, but don't come like at the last minute. And, and like, don't they, they, Um, don't, uh, come knowing the type of fighter that signed up for the fight and, and trying to threaten the fighter. Uh, oh, we're going to take money out your purse. If, if you don't, if you don't fight or we we can take legal action, if you don't fight all over a pair of shorts. Right. And I'm not going to throw those shorts on. Right. So, I mean, that, that is the thing. So they they get in your head, right? This is, this was my experience. So, okay. I got through that. Um, They allowed me to wear my outfit that I initially had on. And I went into the ring. It was like, okay, I'm already pissed off and agitated. Okay. And um, the fight goes, the fight starts. So me and Jess, me, me and McCaskill meet in the center and the boxing starts and then we just start banging, right? Because I realized as the, fight, as the fight's going on, I realize okay, the ref is stopping, break, break. And then I realize, I feel now, I realize that the ref is fighting me as well. Watch any of the name fights, what i want y'all to do as fans is not only just watch the two contenders but watch the ref. The refs are the slimiest people in boxing, especially female boxing. Okay? So as the ref is separating us, the ref is pushing me and he's he's pushing and elbowing me and pushing me and then he will put he will put push he will push me far back. And then keep um, McCaskill in her place. So I have to step back to fight again. Step back to fight again. Okay. So with that happening, okay, I'm getting frustrated, and um, you know the fatigue the, the fatigue starts kicking in, and I'm pissed, and we we're, we're banging at it back and forth. And in the banging and in my frustration and fatigue, guess what happens? I bring my jab back or I bring my left hand back low and take nothing from McCaskill. She's got some power. She's strong. She's got some pop. I'm 134 pounds. Okay. This is not my weight. I take the blow. And this is the first time ever that this has happened in my life and career. I got dropped. I was like, Oh, damn. I've, I mean, I've been trained by the best of them on how to drop and be entertaining, but I never thought in my life or career that I, I hit the canvas like that and. So the, the auditorium erupted, yay. So I get up and I get my faculties. Okay. And, um, the ref is looking at me, are you ready to fight? You good to go? I said, yeah, I'm good to go. And so my comes on for the attack and I get on my toes because I know, okay, I got to make it through this round. Let me just make it through the round so I can recover. As I'm, by, as I'm on my toes and on my feet to go back, Je- McCaskill is coming on to me. The ref jumps in and stops the fight. The ref jumps in and stops the fight and says, you don't see she was out on her feet. That I was out on my feet. You guys can very well take a look at the, the, the fight if you want to. A lot of people um, had commented to say that it was a, um, you know, that that stoppage wasn't warranted. But, I mean, that's the story. It is what it is. So with what Ibarra, coming back to the topic of Ibarra, I know what Ibarra went through right on into as she got into the ring. And then as she got into the ring now, if you guys had a look at the fight, I'm sorry I can't show clips because uh, the, these... Um, and some of you guys some of you people that are at the fights and have watched these fights since send, send the, the footage to sugar please share with sugar right because dancing and them and matchroom and them they they don't they don't like to share they don't want they, they don't want anybody um showing their clips on any of these shows. So if you got personal clips, I'll shout you out. I probably, I, I give, I send you something sweet from Talk and Fight and the Sugar Show. If you can send me footage of, of any fights that y'all have attended, any women's boxing fights that y'all have attended, right? Uh, we work together. So um, Ibarra was doing very well. Right, the but the ref is stepping in with shenanigans, and McCaskill is coming in. So the ref kept calling Abara for holding. But if somebody's coming in behind headbutts, you got to hold them. That's a part of the fight, right? So Abara is frustrated because the ref is not calling McCaskill for leading in with her head, with the headbutts and swinging and swinging the punches. But he's calling her every time she holds mccaskill in retaliation for the head but for her leaning in with the head okay i mean i guess all's fair in a fight but you know this is where the mental toughness comes in right as a fighter and i'm saying this to my fighters out there male or female sometimes You just might have to get disqualified. Because if somebody's cheating, if they coming in cheating, if they coming in with something that will potentially injure you in the long run, take your chances with the ref stopping the damn fight. Yeah, stop the fight for holding, me holding. Yeah, stop the fight because I pushed pushed that person's head down, right? Because you're not calling fair as a ref ref supposed to be calling fair so um these things happen and what was happening what had happened behind the scenes now is um a bearish corner is seeing all of this and your corner is your last hope besides yourself your corner is your last hope um when you get in the ring, like seriously, like that's how serious it gets. You, you, your life is on the line and your corner is your last hope. Besides you, the corner should have been calling. Okay. The, the uh, calling the fact that the other fighter McCaskill were doing all of these fouls, they should have, they do it in men boxing all the time. Okay they weren't fighting for Ibarra. They weren't. And Ibarra is doing the best she can in the ring to navigate through what the, the the ref shenanigans and navigating through dealing with McCaskill's fight style, which, you know, is a rough and tumble sloppy kind of fight, but it's a fight nonetheless. Okay. And it's a style nonetheless. Personally, As a boxing enthusiast, I think Ibarra handled McCaskill very well. I think when she goes back and she looks at this fight, she's going to see that she was in it. And if she had continued uh, the way she was handling McCaskill, McCaskill would have probably gotten fatigued most likely in about round four or five. And the fight could have turned around because Ibarra is the bigger fighter. So, um, even though Abara was absorbing uh, McCaskill's shots and, and she was absorbing some punishment, she would have been able to fare into the later rounds and 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 really pressed McCaskill. Anyway, uh, I believe it was um, what round was it? Um, lovely assistance. Was it round four or something? Three or four? Where um, Ibarra says to her corner, um, I don't know if Ibarra said it to her corner, but you saw Ibarra says, no, no, and she yells to her corner. I think the corner said, we're stopping the fight. Okay. Now Ibarra was in the fight. There was no need for a stoppage. Okay. Heard through the grapevine though. That Ibarra got actually paid pennies for this for this fight pennies uh, compared to what contenders normally get paid. So uh, for a fight like this, you're gonna pay you're gonna get paid uh, a ten grand up and over ten grand, okay, something like that, okay. Uh, she, I think she got paid something like five grand or something low like that for s- such a huge opportunity and for this fight to fight the contender. Uh, when uh, the purse bid or that fight was worth I, at least uh, 40 grand, okay? So somebody pocketed a good amount of Abera's uh, money and on- she only walked away with five grand. So, um, the negotiation, the fight was won, and Barra lost that fight before she even stepped into the ring. Okay, I may be all over the place, but I'm hoping you—you, you, I'm hoping everybody is following me. Um, so, th- th- boxing, especially women's boxing, is—it—it it ain't simple. It ain't as simple as it used to be, where you sign up for a fight and you go fight right now they're adding the shenanigans that the that they're doing in the male boxing to women's boxing they're beating you before you get to the ring you've got to have a solid team a solid manager that's looking out for your best interest that's in your corner your coach has to be looking out for your best interest and has to be in your corner as a fighter and will allow you to Make a good showing for yourself to keep your value. Now from what I saw, Iberra's, um Iberra's coach said he would stop the fight. It sounds like, though, because he you can look at your fighter and you could tell, look at Ibera and you could tell that she could you, you know she, she had she could have continued. She wasn't hurt. Everything was good. He said he would stop the fight. From what I saw, I saw Ibarra said, no, no. But from what um, others were saying that um, Ibarra was speaking in Spanish and she said she did not want to continue fighting. She said she wanted to go home to her child alive. Ibarra has been in the ring. And she has fought the likes of Raquel Miller, who ain't no joke neither, Marcella Cornejo, or whatever, um, Candy Wyatt, and other t- contenders. She's been to the Pan American Games, and she was good enough to get to the Olympics. That's not a fighter that quits, right? They're trying to, um, they're trying to call. Uh, Night Blue comes in. Hi, how are you? Hi, Night Blue. Thanks for coming to the Sugar Show. I'm doing good. Uh, Even better that you're joining us. Uh, If you have any questions, please chime in. Or if you have anything to say, please chime in, okay? Um, Where was I? So you're looking at a fighter. I mean, people, they're talking about, oh, McCaskill outclassed or out-overwhelmed Ibarra. Uh, it it wasn't a matter of McCaskill overwhelming Ibarra. It was, um, goodness, the, the headlines uh, someone puts, McCaskill wipes out Alba uh, Alma Ibarra, makes her quit after three. Uh, McCaskill didn't make nobody quit. Ibarra said, screw this shit, I'm done. I believe she even announced her retirement after, shortly after the fight. Yeah, so she's had it with women's boxing. Hopefully, she was just talking that Yang because she's a great contender, great warrior, warrioress, gladiatress in there. Okay, she she's she's a pretty good she's a good contender. Um, so hopefully after she gets her head clear. She gets some people that is going to work for her best interest and not use her to get make side deals because it looked like from what I saw, the trainer might have made a side deal to say he would stop the fight uh, early before it got to that uh, fourth round. Yeah, and that happens, right? They your corner can sell you out you got to be able to trust the people in your corner. Outside of the ring, inside the ring, whether you're a boxer or not, choose your corner wisely. Choose the people in your life that you trust with your life wisely. I'll share a little bit of what Sugar went through. Sugar was married. I was married and my husband, my husband also, um, was somebody who plotted for my for me to lose, for me to lose fights, for me not to be prepared for fights, ruined um, deals that I had coming in. Yeah, right? So he had to go, but as a fighter or as somebody who now puts their life on the line I mean, I learned this, I was young, I'm, I'm young, I grew up and became a woman in the game, right? So I had to learn the hard way. I'm passing down this knowledge to anyone who's in the world, in the fight game, right? Be aware of who you trust with your life. Um, it said, Ibarra was rocked in each of the first three rounds and appeared to have been mentally broken in rapid fashion. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, ain't these people great writers? Screw that shit. Ibera got caught with some good shots, but so did McCaskill. They didn't write that Ibera was lifting McCaskill's ass up with them uppercuts. Look at the fight. Right? Ibera was connecting on that ass. But nobody wants to write about that because. Even the writers are in the promoter's po- pocket, right? Everybody's bo- bought and sold in 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 the boxing, especially women's boxing. Uh, McCaskill has great money behind her. She takes after. Um, they've learned from Floyd. Floyd pays his, the commentary the the commentators uh, for his for his fights. Nobody knew that. Yeah, okay. Floyd promoted his own. Fights, if people weren't aware of that, right? So that means if I'm giving everybody jobs, they they better they better talk about me nice. They better make me look good, or else they ain't got no more job. So that's what happened. Okay. Um, the writers and everything, everybody wants to show up and feel important at these fights and stuff now, I guess, because women's boxing is a thing, okay? But um, I am the cold, I'm the splash of cold water in everybody's face, okay? Um, I, I want people to understand what, what they're doing to contenders. And this is why women's boxing most likely won't last. You have to have contenders. You cannot have a, a you cannot, you cannot have one woman, and then the one woman is overwhelming. She's just the greatest of all, it, it doesn't work like that. There was an era in male boxing where there were four, they called them the four kings, right? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Dele- Marvin Hagler, and Tommy Hearns. And they were all champions in the same division in their own right. And the contenders who fought them were no joke, neither. That's what we need to have in women's boxing instead of, oh, this queen, she's the greatest. No, that that broad ain't the greatest. She ain't all that great. Okay? Um, goodness, I, I had a message come up. Can, y'all, can you all share that message again for me, please? So I can see, so I can respond to it. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, Aberra said that um, you know Jessica McCaskill's network is approximately. <laughs> D- listen! Don't come on! Don't come on here with that! Don't come on here with that bullshit! Jessica McCaskill's net worth is approximately one point five million. What? 1.5 million what because it ain't dollars ain't no broad in women's boxing balling that hard and if she made if her network is 1.5 million dollars why the why is why is it only getting five grand for a title shot that shows even more how disgusting of a a, a business that her and her team do right? Somebody makes it to the point of to to solidify your name as a champion and you only give them five grand and you worth $1.5 million? Bitch, please. Please. We're not even talking about that. We're not even talking about Katie Taylor. We're talking about Jessica McCaskill Katie Taylor is an Olympic an Olympian. Okay, I would nod my head to that. Girl, bye. Whoever wrote that, bye. (laughs) Please. So we're going back to this black eye. You see what I'm saying? Like these, these, these numbers and these these uh, false truths and false facts are coming up in the media and, and people are reading about this stuff and no one's out here to blow the whistle, except for Shug about the lies out here being told. Okay? um, Jessica McCaskill is out here trying to make a buck just like the rest of us, right? She may have sold, she she made us sold a little of her soul to, to, to be in the position that she's in only time will tell. Okay? She'll um Cecilia us was that late that broad at one time. Where is she now? Right? She's floating through the ranks trying to trying to get trying to catch a, a, a the next wave and nobody will give her the next wave. Uh where it is, she ain't got no money. She ain't got no more money. Cecilia Brekas, so ain't nobody putting her in the position to be nobody. That's how that works. You got to have money behind you. You have to have the dollars behind you right now in women's boxing. It's not about who's the best fighter anymore. The only good fighter that I see that stands solid behind her skills is Clarissa Shields. Yeah, I said it. Clarissa Shields can fight. She ain't going to knock you out, but ain't no broad out here going to be beating Clarissa Shields for a very long time. Why? Clarissa Shields got the IQ. She got the skills to pay the bills. And she's made a great resume for herself. Two-time Olympic gold medalist. Um, Somebody, can 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 my lovely assistant put up what... Clarissa Shields' net worth is let's see what it is compared to McCaskills. Please come with the number. Show me the number. Okay? Um and and, and I guess the show is 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 going to end up in in some ramblings and all of the, that stuff now, but I mean um it is a it is a black guy. In, in in the growth of women's boxing. The only way that we're going to be able to make money. Okay, so Clarissa Shields has a net worth of approximately $4 million. Okay, so let's put these numbers into some real perspective. Clarissa Shields was not making any money in women's boxing so she went to MMA. Okay, This is letting you know the climate of the industry. Women's boxing is not a million dollar industry. Not yet. So Clarissa Shields would be the one that would most likely be worth $1.5 million. Jessica McCaskill would probably be worth maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars because those she her purse fighting Ibarra the other day was not a million dollar purse. Um, Cecilia Brega's net worth is 2.5 million. Um, Nope. Nope. Uh, Cecilia Bracus would probably be a million. I would say a million. She's been in the game long enough to, to have made a million dollars. You see what I'm saying? But let's, let's take things into perspective, into some real perspective. These ain't no purses. Ain't no purses out here being paid. In, in in those um, in, in those type of digits, right? There's no, um, what is it? There's no seven digit. Was it six or seven? Six digit purses for women's boxers. Not, in, not even not even Christy Martin. Okay, so let's not believe the hype. Women's boxing is on the rise. It's growing, okay? Um, y'all, your girl Amanda Serrano, she's got another fight coming up um, w- with Jake Paul, and and she's gonna be in the card. I guess he needed somebody legit so he could so he can stay putting on these um, celebrity boxing or these so-called boxing matches that aren't boxing matches because he's making all this money and he's not fighting real boxers. He's he's the only boxer. He's like Rocky. Rocky was never a real fighter. Rocky never existed. But Rocky's in the Hall of Fame. Jay Paul is not a real fighter. He's not. He has not gone up in the ranking. He has not done anything substantial to be a real fighter. But yet he's uh, he has this huge platform. And he, he's, he's bringing all this attention to himself as a boxer. So he brought Amanda Serrano in who, like, who are we excited for Amanda Serrano to fight unless she's going to fight Delphine Pursun, right? That, that'd be a huge fight. But if Amanda's fighting anybody, they could, I, I've been, I'm hearing Amanda Serrano's a beast. Okay. She's a beast. Um, cause she fought and lost to Katie Taylor. Who's the beast that Amanda Serrano's fought? Show me another beast, right? Um, I mean, she's fought she's fought a stale one. Um, her last name is Diamante or something like that. That was a great fighter, but Amanda like these are just names. It, we we got to look at a thing for what it is women's boxing. You know, I, I was just told, you know, Christy Martin got a a, a, a good uh, seat on the, uh, you know, uh, on the panel to find talent for um, a promotional company. So women should be excited about that. Nobody knows that Christy Martin has her own she's a promoter within herself and she hasn't promoted any women like that in boxing, right? So the show is about women's boxing, y'all. I love women's boxing. The business of it is something that I don't love so much, but what it has done for me and my life, I I can't I, I'm the words can't describe how grateful I am um and it has saved a lot more of us women out here that wanted to step off the rails and be gladiators get gladiatrices and and um, you know fight on the world stage and prove that we we are skilled and we are the we are the, the most dangerous at doing what we do in the world it, it there's a lot there there's a lot of pride in that Right. But um, I'm, I'm going to wrap the show up now and uh, no more rambling. But uh, and anyone have any questions chiming in, please ask. But, you know, the, these numbers got to make sense. The story's got to make sense. Ibarra says she wanted to go home to her child alive. When you hear a fighter say that, she said that, that in the ring, sitting there, She's letting everybody know that she's in danger. Even her corner is against her. She's leaving, she's fleeing for her life. That's the most scariest feeling. That everyone's around you. Right? Everyone's around you will watch you get beat and 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 watch you being done unfair and you can't even defend yourself because when you try to defend yourself they call they they call a foul to you or you can't even do the job that you've been training to do properly she's an olympic level athlete when you see somebody like that say screw this I'm done you got to you got to use your brain and faculties and say something ain't right. Um, So my lovely assistants want you guys to know that um, if you want to see the links to um, my fights that I mentioned tonight and that they were, I, I don't like to say these were some of my worst days at the office in the ring. They, the links are in the comments, okay? So you'll see, um, you know what sugars talking about in 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 this episode and 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 you can um objectively have a look at at what i was talking about and and have an uh, objective look at my experience um yeah so uh wrapping everything wrapping it up um People are calling uh, Alma Ibarra a quitter. She's not a quitter. She had to preserve herself and she had to preserve her life. And if that meant she had to stop it, then so be it. She's an accomplished fighter. Okay. Look at her resume. She's achieved things that money can't buy. And You have to give her credit for that. Okay. Uh, like I said, I heard that she announced her retirement, but what I hope and what I'm putting out there, the prayers and the energies that I'm putting out there, because I am also I was also uh, a single mother at a certain point in my career trying to fight and make a living, uh, to take care of myself and to give my son uh, a life that he the life that I wanted for him. Um, But at the end of the day, I had to realize and understand that I needed to be well. I needed to be whole. I needed to have my brain and my faculties in order to do that. So she decided that that was more important on the stool in the fight. And I commend her for that. Um, Putting the energies out there for Ibarra that a, a, a manager, a good manager finds her a good promotion, a promoter, a good promoter that sees her value, finds her. And she can turn this experience into something that not only is she fighting for victims of kidnapping because uh, she fights for, she, she searches and helps to fight for the rights of women, uh, Mexican women, who get kidnapped and, and, and go missing. Uh, and and are never seen again so she she has that she has that goodness about her herself and she is a fighter she fights for the vulnerable and I like that about her Um, I pray that she finds good management and she finds a good promoter and they put her in a place where she can continue the fight and be a beacon on uh, the larger platform to fight for the, the vulnerable uh, people, uh, the, the vulnerable women who are getting kidnapped and also the vulnerable fighters who get taken advantage of the way she has gotten taken advantage of. So that's it. Uh, everyone. Thank you. Everybody that dropped comments. Thank you. Like subscribe, share some share the sugar. Okay. Uh, and, um, let me know come drop in the comments let me know what you think about the vids right um i got to put some good days at the office now in 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 some of my comments and shows and stuff like that um but until then like i said like subscribe share some of this sugar and i'll see you next wednesday at 7:30 bye bye